Hello, Image Bearers. Welcome to the Image Born Life Podcast. I am your host, therapist, and life coach, Tony Memoria. The Image Born Life is all about pursuing the rescue, redeem, and restore narrative that God has called us to through our salvation in Jesus Christ. We're going to be diving deep into our truth, our purpose, and the identity that we have in Jesus. And we're going to be learning together powerful ways to overcome the myriad of things that keep us from freedom, fulfillment, and victorious living. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. This is the Image Born Life. Hey there, friends and fellow image bearers. Welcome back to the Image Born Life podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Today, we are going to be diving deeper into this idea of truth, purpose, and identity. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode, I want to invite you to go back and listen to it because in that episode, I lay out what the three main structures of content are going to be in this podcast. This podcast is a journey. And on this journey, we are going to be talking about, number one, truth, purpose, and identity. Number two, the narrative of rescue, redeem, restore. And number three, the stewardship of what God has given us to steward in this life. All three of those main points are not just structures or format, but they're dynamic, living, powerful principles that are found in Scripture And if we apply them to our lives the right way, if we think about them the right way, in other words, if we take our thoughts about those things and choose to believe them and think on them, and then it will affect the way that we feel, and the way that we feel will affect the way that we present ourselves and show up in all of the areas of life that we show up into, and that will produce different results. And that's the point of this. To really reframe some of these principles as not just inspirational ideas, but very practical and powerful principles that will transform our lives and the world around us. So today, truth, purpose, and identity. I'm excited about this. This is so powerful. I'm going to share with you some stories today, but um, if you stick around until the end, I'm going to kind of wrap up how one of those stories ended because it's not necessarily pertinent to what we're going to talk about in the episode today, but I know that you'll want to hear how it ended and it's it's very powerful and it's kind of miraculous. So stick around to the end and you'll hear that. You'll know what I'm talking about as we go through today, okay? All right, uh, we have distractions running around in our life and I'm just going to ask if you have the ability to put any of those distractions to the side, anything that you can Please do so, so that we can share this time together uninterrupted and get the most out of it. Today I'm putting on my pastoral and my life coach hat, all right? I want you to bring to mind now today the truth, purpose, and identity about you that you're most aware of. The truth of you is that you were born, that you exist, that you come from somewhere, maybe California, Michigan, maybe Puerto Rico. The truth about your purpose is it that you know you you were made to provide that you provide for your family you raise children that you love others that you serve others maybe it's to make great blank you know fill in whatever product it is photography art food clothing financial products whatever it is is that one of your purposes to provide great to make great whatever and what about your identity is it that you're a christian Maybe you're a mom, a dad, a son. Maybe you're vice president of a company. 
Maybe you're valedictorian, you're, you're a teacher, you're a wife, a husband, maybe you're a divorcee. Are you a student, an athlete? Are all these things pieces of your identity that you're aware of? All those things are true, but I want you to look for a moment to the future. Where do you see your legacy? I want to propose that God's idea of our legacy is so much more than any of those things. But right now, in order to flesh this out, we're going to jump into truth, purpose, and identity. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to share two stories with you today. First one is my story, and the second one is my wife's. Again, if you listen to the first episode, you'll hear a little bit about my background and my story. But one of the things I didn't share yesterday was that at one point I was a chaplain in the oncology wing of a hospital system. And so what that means is that I was in a hospital to act as a a chaplain, a pastor if they wanted it, somebody to provide spiritual materials for their faith if they weren't Christians, um, someone to educate them in some spiritual considerations if they so desired. But I did that specifically for those struggling with cancer or their families. And most of the people I worked with were there to die. I saw this as a spiritual kind of calling, almost that I was a warrior for God, there to help save souls and ease the transition from this life into eternity through the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the truth is that a lot of people did not want the gospel of Jesus Christ. There were a lot of great moments, but there were a lot of hard ones, and those difficult moments were ones that made me feel like a failure. Now, maybe you're like me in this sense that you feel called to something in your life. Maybe you're, you're not out there doing a ministry like that, but you're at home doing a ministry, raising a family. But maybe you are out there also doing a ministry and feeling called to be God's soul winner. And when it doesn't happen, it can be very crushing sometimes. We know that it's not on us, but it still feels like there's something wrong with us. Just being honest. But if that's not you, I have another story, and this is a story of my wife. She was an amazing housewife, an amazing mother to her children. When we had gotten married, she told me that she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and that she wanted to raise our children and that she wanted to homeschool them. Those were some things from her childhood that she really treasured, and she wanted to bless our kids with that. So that's what we did for the first 14 years of our marriage. Now, it wasn't always easy, and if you listen to the first podcast again, you will hear uh, some of that story and about bankruptcy. And this was at the tail end of kind of coming out of bankruptcy for us, and at this 14-year mark, we had this one really big argument. And the argument kind of stemmed, as far as I remember it, from the fact that she seemed to be very depressed and very unhappy with life. And from my perspective, I was presenting that I had provided everything I could for her to have a good life, everything she wanted and made it available to her, right? Not, not God, but me. And she was trying to tell me that she was not fulfilled in any of this. And that didn't make sense to me. It wasn't registering. And so it was about one o'clock in the morning and I was standing at my kitchen window and I was looking out at the sky, praying to God. And I said, Father, I don't know what to do anymore. I have done everything I can think of, but my wife is hurting and 
Then I said this, and I didn't hear my wife until I said this in my own prayer. I said, but she has so much more in her to give you, and I don't know what to do about that. Would you please provide for her? Would you please do what needs to be done? Because I'm lost, and I'm going to ruin this. And this is the part where there's an ending to the story, kind of miraculous, and I'll tell you about it at the end of today's episode. But for right now, the point is, I, in my story was feeling like a failure and I was feeling all this weight because I couldn't do what I thought I was purposed to do. In my wife's life, in her story, she had this event happen where she realized there was so much more inside of her. There were desires, there were passions, there were adventures she was longing for, and God put those there. But she had chosen a path that had focused solely on some other things, and she felt like she wasn't able to pursue those or change direction or add those into her life now. And she was hurting and she was yearning so much for these things. And she felt like she wasn't the woman she was purposed to be. Either one of those stories, can you resonate? Sometimes the shame that we experience is because we feel like we've chosen a wrong thing. We've done something for so long and it's too late. We can't change direction or we can't add to it and still be responsible with the things that we have. And in my experience working with other people and in my own life, that's a lie from Satan. We are capable of so much And he's redeemed us and set us free from the inability to glorify him, from the inability to access this freedom in life and the joy that comes with it, but also the ability to balance so many things because he gave us these responsibilities and dreams. We just need a little help sometimes in figuring out how to do it and to do it well. And that's part of what this journey is. So I'll get back to the end of her story later. But right now, are you ready to jump into some scripture and some other things that are encouraging about our truth, our purpose, and identity? All right, here we go. So first of all, I'm going to read from the first and second chapter of Ephesians. Paul is literally writing this book to the Ephesian church and to all the other churches in the area because he says to circulate this letter. So he's writing to everybody in the early church, and he's saying, hey, you're forgetting your truth, your purpose, and your identity. This is how we should strive to live. And he's, he's not putting a weight on them. He's saying, there is freedom in this. Change your perspective. Put on a different set of lenses and think about this. Because this is who you were created to be and how you were created to experience life. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Listen. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness, along with all wisdom and understanding. And God has revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan, that the right time he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance 
and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Do you see truth and purpose and identity in here? The truth, number one, is that you were made on purpose and for a purpose by a loving God. You aren't a mistake. He chose you. He planned for you before the beginning of time. And it was his great pleasure to do so. And it was his great pleasure to pour out on you his kindness and his love, his redemptive work, and to set you up as a co-heir, as an adopted child with his son in heaven. All of that, that's the truth about your existence. You're not an accident. You never were. And he doesn't give up. He doesn't have a plan for you, but you ruined it, and so you won't get to sit. Notice the present language there. It's, it's a hopeful but determined declaration. You are seated in the heavenlies with him, and you are a co-heir with Christ. You can't screw that up. Listen to this. This is from Ephesians chapter 2. And it starts in verse 4 and goes through verse 9. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. I'm going to go on to verse 10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you hear in there the truth, purpose, and identity? So I want to start with this. Our truth, he loves us. He delights in us. He has purpose for us to be his children, to enjoy the freedom he gives us, to be co-heirs with Christ, to prosper this reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11 again, to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future, right? And that verse isn't saying we're never going to have any problems in life. What it's saying is that you will give us strength and hope in the midst of whatever circumstances come against us so that we won't just survive them, but we will thrive through them. And every generation from now until forever will point to us, his image bearers, not as trophies or champions of good works, but of his grace poured out on us and to us. That's amazing. That's the truth about your existence. You don't just exist. I hate this idea that some people with good intentions put out there that this life is practice for the life to come. That's not true. This life is about kingdom building and being a part of the rescue, redeem, restore narrative that we're going to talk about tomorrow. The next life to come is about the perfect kingdom that Jesus is going to bring with him, the renewing of all things, and then perfect eternity. This life isn't a cheapened practice version of that life. There is purpose and roll up your sleeves, get dirty kind of hard work that brings growth and brings its own kind of reward. In this life, there's significant truth and purpose in that. And that brings us to the next one, right? Purpose. What is the purpose that you're aware of? To do whatever you were made to do? Let's broaden that a little bit. In 
Genesis, when God is talking, he says, let us create man in our image. And then he does. He gives them this command. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Now, many today present that idea as a colloquialism to make babies. But the words there, Peru and Urebu, are two very different words for bear fruit and to multiply. They don't even come from the same root word. The bear fruit idea is the same as it is everywhere else in the scripture, but to to produce what you were made to produce. He also gives this command to all the animals that he's created. Bear fruit. Be what you were created to be. Shine. Glorify me. Do whatever I give you to do and do it well with excellence. And I'll be glorified through your living of life. And then as you're doing that and you're producing that kind of fruit and you're shining for me, I want you to go and I want you to multiply that image-bearing capacity. Make more images who, who produce fruit and glorify me through whatever they do. Awesome. This is the purpose of our life. But there's something else so strong in the purpose of our life that I want you to see. It's this idea of courage. Do you remember Jeremiah 1.9? It says, have I not commanded you be of great courage and do not fear for the Lord your God will always be with you wherever you go. He's not saying don't fear. He's saying don't act in fear. Fear is going to come. There's so many verses of scripture that talk about not fearing, but he's never saying don't have fear. You're, you're disappointing me if you're afraid. He's saying, be courageous, find the hope and the strength that I give you and do what you need to do and don't act in the fear. But then Micah 6, 8, it actually says, do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Right? And then the last verse I want to bring together this point is 2 Timothy 1, 7. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love and of sound mind. That sound mind is sometimes translated as self-discipline. But think about this, all these things together. One of the purposes of your life is to engage this world in kingdom building through the narrative of rescue, redeem, and restore. And as you do that, you're going to come up against some hard and difficult things. Sometimes they're just going to be thoughts and choices. Sometimes they're going to be tangible, literal things. But I want you to engage this world with the courage, not of the spirit of fear, the spirit of this world, but the spirit that I've given you of power, of love, and a sound mind. No one can do that like image bearers. If we engage this world with courage, it will transform everything. The next piece is identity. Our identity is not in our shame. It's not in our failures. It's not in our mistakes. It's not in guilt. This one's real simple. Our identity is that we are redeemed image bearers created by a loving God and loved by him as his adopted children. He takes great delight in us. That's our identity, right? So that's it. Truth, purpose, and identity. Now, I need to wrap this up today because I promised it would be only so long and I've already gone over that time. But here's the end to that story. What happened is the very next day, After my wife and I's argument and I had prayed, God, would you do this? And she was probably praying something as well. The very next day, my wife called me at work while I was uh, doing therapy. And she called me. She reached me in between sessions. And she said, hey, real quick, I just want to let you know this is amazing. But my former boss called me and he's involved in this thing in China where they're doing adventure camps. And my wife used to, before we got married, lead whitewater rafting and rock climbing trips. 
And he wants to know if I'd be able to come over and help him build this ministry in China that brings Chinese people to Christ through the adventures in their own country. And I said, oh my gosh, there's the answer to prayer. Like he had to have that orchestrated even before we prayed because the call came the very next morning. And wow. My wife said yes, and that turned in, it was supposed to be two weeks. It turned into three months, and then it turned into 18 months. And that took us all over into China for a bit right before COVID. And then when COVID happened, we stayed with that trajectory of my wife being able to be a mother, to be a wife, but also being able to then take on this identity of an adventurer and these other visions that God had put inside of her. So that's the remarkable ending to that story. And the rest of us have adjusted around that as well to do what we need to do to allow for her calling to be manifested in her life. And it's encouraged the rest of us to pursue all of God's calling in all of our lives. So I'm going to leave you with that today, image-bearing friends. I hope that you sense God's truth, purpose, and identity in your life. And if he is calling you to more, then consider what that might mean for you. Maybe it's still his finger just stirring the pot and saying, hey, remember, I have something more for you. Don't lose hope. We're going to do more together. Or maybe it's him saying, okay, now's the time to move. If you're having a hard time discerning that, I encourage you to reach out to a friend or to a mentor who can help you discern and help you make those decisions for your life. And if you want any more help, you can always go and check out imagebornlife.com and look at the life coaching that we have available there. Until next time, friends, I want to say blessings to you today, and may you go out and bear the image as only you can.